Greetings to the PATH family. Our slogan at the PATH is meeting you where you are. We invite you to follow, share, and check us out on social media. You may connect with us at any time, anywhere. On Facebook at The PATH Church or Instagram and Twitter at Join the PATH. Without further delay, enjoy this week's sermon. I want to know how you are feeling about 2024. How are you feeling about 2024? You know, I don't want to make any assumptions, you know. You know, so often, New Year, New You, everybody gets pumped up, but, you know, not everybody's at the same place. So I want, to, I want, I want us to help each other out, like tell each other where we, how, how are we doing. Okay, we're excited. Are we cautiously optimistic? It could be better, but it may not. Uh, but I'm hoping so. Um, still easing in. Are we still easing in? Maybe we're like, meh, eh, just another year, you know. Another day. Went to sleep early on New Year's Eve. Got up. Do what we do. Or are we already overwhelmed? Like, man, we're just getting started. And I'm like, whew. You know, I, uh, at the end of last year, I was... I was overwhelmed about now, last year. <laughs> See, she's laughing at me because she was right, my wife was right there with me on this thing. It was, we were trying to close out the year and it's really hectic. I don't know if anybody can relate. At the end of the year, it can get really hectic. You got to close up, you have holiday parties, you got to close stuff out with different, you know, your jobs, organizations that you may lead or manage, right? And you're trying to get everything done and that's where I was and all I can think of was like, Man, 2024 is coming, and before I know it, I'm going to be right back where I am now. Yeah, I'll get a little break, but I'm going to be right back where I am now in a couple of weeks. And so I was already anxious about the new year before the new year. And I told my wife that, and she said some very wise words. She said, honey, just be in the moment. I said, you know what? That's good. I don't think I told her at the time. You know, I just sometimes you just eat it as a husband. You're like, mm. But then I was like, you know what? Just be in the moment. Enjoy your break. Enjoy the time. You never know what can happen in these next two weeks. You never know how you're going to feel in the new year if you just make the most of the moment. And that's what I try to do. We had a great time over the holidays with the family. Got to go to Florida. Got to experience some 60-degree weather. Got to see the ocean, which is always encouraging for me. Um, and now, personally, I can say... Um, Easing in. Easing in. I did a good job. I didn't pack out my first week back this year. So, you know, I'm taking it easy. We have our Christmas decorations are down. We actually packed those, so we're overachieving already. Um, no judgment. Um, so I I'm easing in. As a church, I'm excited. As a church, I'm excited. I really am. And let me, let me tell you why. Um, got this email from the Atlantic. Uh, I get these emails, and it was hopeful images of 2023. And I looked through them, and this is the one that I saw that really, really stuck out to me. The caption said, a group of volunteers who sailed from Malaya Bay in Maui form an assembly line on Kanapali Beach on August 12, 2023, to unload donations from a boat following a deadly fire. Maui residents have come together to donate water, food, and other essential supplies to people on the western side of the island 
after the fire destroyed hundreds of homes and left scores of people homeless. Isn't that a hopeful image? There's so many, you know, discouraging images, hopeless images that, that we're fed through the media, right? And then here's this one of a group of people that came over on a boat to simply just deliver supplies. And, uh, you know, for me, this picture highlights one of the things that really excites me the most about being, being part of this church, the opportunity to band together, right, to accomplish something together that we couldn't accomplish on our own, that we could do something meaningful together. That's one of the things I actually think about a lot, like how do we continue to make the most of the collective power that's in this church that we already have and mobilize us for eternal impact, right? And so that's the, the title of my message today, Collective Power for Eternal Impact. And, you know, as much as I hope this message inspires you as it is the first of the new year, um, what I also hope is that it will help us practically to start moving forward together to be able to start the year and, uh, and, and be mobilized for eternal impact. Uh, I shared some of this at our congregational meeting at the end of last year, which is live streamed, and you can watch that whole thing if you would like. Uh, we put the link in the group me, so check that out if you didn't get a chance to for all of our members. Um, but, you know, as we closed out the year, I told you it was busy. Uh, the staff, you know, worked really, really hard uh, to do our part to mobilize our collective power for... You know, I like to hear from y'all now, as I told you already, for eternal impact. And, and the Holy Spirit led us to, to four resources that I want to share with us today that will help us to do just that, uh, to make the most of our collective power for eternal impact. Boom. All right. First of all, we came up with a theme that we can rally around, a theme we can rally around. After much prayer and brainstorming, we decided on, can't make this up, can't make this up. Can't make this up. Um, you know, th this came about because we found ourselves saying this organically over and over, over again last year. And for us as a staff, we would have our staff meetings, and we would share the good news and the gifts from the weekend, and we would tell these stories of what God was up to. And, and we always, and you can't make this up. Because the way God would connect dots, right, the way he would interweave people and their journeys and their shortcomings and their victories and, and make something beautiful, right, out of, out of really dark situations, it's just, it was just mind-blowing. And so we kept saying, you just, you just can't make this stuff up. And so uh, there's just so many stories. And we felt like, man, the church doesn't get to hear many of these stories. We're sitting here encouraged because we know what's going on, so we want to do a better job of sharing those stories. Stories like how Jordy, our new brother, was baptized last week. Jordy was baptized last week. It was so encouraging. He said, man, I got to make it before the year's end. I want to start the new year off as a disciple of Jesus Christ. That was inspiring, especially because we were watching virtually on YouTube and and me and Christina, we, we, we just thought about how God worked to get Jordy to this point. And we thought about how we had met Jordy, my wife and I, at a 30th birthday party on February 6th of 2022. 
almost two years ago. Uh, it was the 30th birthday party of a friend and colleague of, of mine, the, the wife of my friend and colleague. Uh, he actually helped us to, um, to close on this property. So he's the president of a uh, commercial real estate firm, and, and we've been friends for a while. I actually performed and officiated their wedding. And so I was really excited that she was turning 30. But it was a Sunday, and I was really tired after church. I was hungry. We had meetings, and can I confess? I didn't want to go. I just didn't want to do it. I said, Lord, maybe Christina, maybe you can go. Represent for the both of us. Divide and conquer. And then I said, you know what? Let us just stop by. You know, that's the next bet. We're just going to stop by. And we did. And lo and behold, as we got our food, ooh, it was a good spread, too. It was nice. It was worth it. It was worth it for the spread. It was a good. We sit down, and I'm like, I, can I confess again? Sometimes I'm like, listen, I didn't have my fellowship. I'm just going to go. I'm going to eat. I'm going to say hi. <laughs> and I'm going to leave. But Jordy was sitting at the table, and we sat down, and Christina actually sparked up a conversation with Jordy. By the time I sat down to have lunch, she had already gotten his story, and she was so excited because Jordy was looking for a church to go to. He had just moved to Atlanta. He's a longtime friend uh, of uh, our friend who, who was celebrating her birthday party. And so we just got to know him and invited him out to church, and he was here. He came out shortly after that. It was really encouraging, yeah. And um, after that, he started studying the Bible and went through the Journey series. That it's just journey, so we say Journey series, and it's just a, a set of Bible studies that we do in small groups to help individuals grow in their relationship with God. And so he started going through that and making some changes and growing, and uh, lo and behold, uh, a couple years later, moving up to, you know, a few weeks ago, I accidentally butt-dialed Paul Vendries. And, uh, and I knew he was going to call me back, too, because he does. He's like, he's so diligent. He called me right back. Brother Angel, you good? You good? You need anything? No, I, I accidentally called you, Paul. I'm sorry. Um, how's everything going? How's your Christmas? Happy? Hey, just want to let you know, Angel, Jordy wants to get baptized before the end of the year. I said, What? And God knew I needed a little encouragement while I was away. And, uh, and so that was cool, seeing him get baptized. And then what brought tears to my eyes as I was watching this was watching Coach Moreno. Amen. Moreno was up here. And I just, and then I connected the dots. And I remember going back to 2015 when I met Moreno when he was coaching for North Clayton High School, and I was serving as a character coach uh, for Fellowship of Christian Athletes for FCA, and we just built a friendship, just built a relationship. And as the story goes, I found out he loved M&Ms, peanut M&Ms. And so for me, I decided to show him love and encouragement and as a sign of faith. Sometimes you have these little secret prayers with God, just do little things like, you know, and, and that's what I was doing. So I gave him M&M's before every game that season. And, uh, and I, I just remember him growing, becoming a Christian, his wife, getting baptized. And then he's up here helping another coach, because Jordy's also a track and field coach, helping another coach uh, to become a disciple. It was like I was watching our vision come to fruition. 
It's like I was seeing it with my eyes. I was seeing the next generation pay it forward and mobilize the next generation. I said, man, that is amazing. Can't make this stuff up. You can't make it up. And I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, man, this is amazing. So those are the kind of stories that we want to highlight, the things that have happened already, the things that are happening now, and then look into the new year with eyes of faith as to what God is doing, right? What is he up to? What is he going to do as we look into 2024? Also, this, this, this theme that we want to rally around, it speaks to the scriptures and, 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 and the way we read the Bible, that we should be reading it with curiosity and, and, and marvelous awe, right? Because you can't make that up. Literally, like you can't. Like you can't make it up. Like you can't add anything to it or I mean, that's going to be really bad for you. But if you ever read it and you study it out, you're blown away by the stories in the scriptures, by the way God moves, by the way he loves us, by his grace, by just, just Jesus Christ, even that in itself. Uh, scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It's up on the screen for you. This is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. Man, isn't that amazing? I mean, how cool is that? This is his character. That God himself says there are things you can't even imagine. You can't make up. There's things you can't imagine, right? I'm preparing things that you haven't seen, you haven't heard. Man, as a Christian, we should be so excited about that. You know, if, if nothing else happens on this earth, you know that heaven's going to be something you've never seen and never heard. You know how, how, how they try to, they try to um, uh, describe things, heavenly things in the Bible, and they just can't? They're like, it's like this. It's like that. This is the closest thing that, that I could describe this to you, that it could make sense. But it's not even that. There's going to be colors you've never seen, sounds you've never heard. Right? And so this is something we should look forward to. This is God's character. And then the fact that he wants to reveal it to us? He says, I, I got, I got my, my secret mission, secret plans. I got, I got stuff nobody knows about except for you. If you have the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, you get to know what's going on behind the scenes. He doesn't even keep it to himself. Does that describe your relationship with God today? Where you're excited and eager about learning more about him, where you are looking at life with like curious eyes, looking for what God is going to do in your life today, tomorrow, this week, this year. I believe that's how God wants us to be because of not us, but who we serve. You know, overall, we want the church to be in wonder of God. We want to be in wonder of God. We want to live with this curious expectation of what God is preparing for us this year and on a daily basis. And we're going to get more into our theme at our official kickoff service that's coming up at the end of the month. Uh, but speaking of our kickoff service, not only did we come up with a theme that we can all rally around, amen, 
we also came up with a calendar that we can plan for. Amen? This too is spiritual. Yes, it's practical, but it's also spiritual. Isaiah chapter 32, verse 7 says this, scoundrels, mm, old dirty scoundrels, use wicked methods. They make up evil what? What are schemes? Plans. To destroy the poor with lies, even when the plea of the needy is just. But the noble make noble plans, and by noble deeds they stand. You see, the wicked, Satan got a calendar. <laughs> it's not on, he, he's not being evil on whim. Like, he's not, he's not saying, well, today if I wake up and feel like being evil, I'm going to. If not, I'll be good. No! That's what we do. Let's see how I feel today. What I plan it, I don't know. Not, not Satan. Satan's scheming. He loves to plan. Right? He loves to, to make sure he has strategy to take us out. If you doubt that, I don't know if you've ever heard of the book, The Screw Tape Letters. Put that in your notes. It gives you a perspective of what the bad guys are thinking about and how they try to get us. The Screw Tape Letters, very interesting read. You see, we believe in making noble plans to do noble deeds. Now, we trust God because men, people, we make plans, but it is God who determines the steps, as it says in Proverbs 16. But we hope that the more notice we give you in advance, the more likely it is that you will join in on the plans and the noble deeds. Amen? We don't just, we, uh, in, in layman's terms, we don't just put together a calendar just to give us more work. Amen? All right. Let's put up the calendar. We got some interesting, fun things to get us going for the new year. I want us to focus on a few just for January and February. We have our MLK Day of Service. We love to celebrate MLK Day and MLK Weekend. Uh, we'll give you more details about that. But it is an opportunity to start the year off serving. Humble ourselves. Give to others. Encourage others. Because uh, Jesus says it is more blessed to give than to receive. Uh, then we have our church-wide fast. We've been doing that for many years now where we fast together as a church for three days. And we can all choose how we want to fast. Uh, we'll talk more about that as well, um, whether it's just drinking water or maybe you're going to abstain from something. But fasting is about giving up food. Now, you can, you can go without something if you like and deny yourself, but biblical fasting is about giving up food. So go ahead and start Weaning off that coffee. You know what I'm saying, Jackson? That's the hardest part, that coffee. But it, it's an opportunity to really, like, consecrate ourselves in prayer. Consecrate ourselves before God. The Bible says when two or more are gathered and united in prayer, it will be done for us. And so we want to be united as a church praying about our Sandy Springs initiative. We want to be united as a church, uh, praying about how we're going to reimagine the use of our land, our five acres that God has given us so we can make an impact in this community. We want to be united about how we're going to give sacrificially, financially, right, this year, uh, giving pledges that we're going to take up in the beginning of 
the year so we can plan accordingly financially and be able to dream big about what God has in store for us in the future. Pray about what you want to fast and pray about individually. As a family, your physical family, maybe your household, your roommates, pray about even in your mission groups. Think about that. Like, what do we want to lay before the Lord during these three days of fasting? We'll have our leaders workshop, opportunity to unite together uh, around our goals, right? It's very important for us to help leaders to reach their full potential. That's, that's what we want to do as a church, and that's very important to the future of our church. Uh, then we have our kickoff service. We'll have two services, like we usually do, 9 and 11. Opportunity to invite friends and family to kick off the new year around this theme that we can rally around. Then we got Super Bowl Sunday. That'll be fun. That's an easy way to follow up with those who came out to our kickoff service, an easy way to invite people that may not necessarily come to church. There's so many God stories that have come out of Super Bowl parties. Believe it or not, God uses football. In some amazing ways. Amen. Where the brothers at? The sisters too. I don't know. You know I remember. <laughs> so let's look at what we've discussed so far. We've come up with a theme to rally around, a calendar to plan for. We also came up with a focus to focus on. That's, that's all, I, that's all I, I have for that one. <laughs> that's all I had. But a focus specifically and especially for our mission groups. Because we know that it's really hard to mobilize a large group of people. But we can do it if we split up and conquer, divide and conquer in smaller groups, geographical mission groups around this city. Way more uh, effective to be able to mobilize within our Mission group. So let's look at what our winter focus is for our mission group. Number one, make sure we rotate those leaders. We don't want anybody to get burnt out. We want to give other people a chance to serve in that capacity in your mission groups. Make sure that the leaders are doing well, healthy, that we're rotating them out, that other people are getting a chance, right? We talked about that. We've been talking about that for about a year and a half now. We want to make sure that really happens. Um, secondly, plan a Super Bowl party in your mission groups. Just plan a Super Bowl party. One Good event can set you up to be able to um, have people that you are building with and ministering to really throughout the winter and the spring. And other time it'll be Easter and you have more people that are searching for God. And uh, so let's, let's think about how we can uh, use our Super Bowl parties uh, to help with furthering God's mission. And then 40 Days of Prayer. This is a book uh, that we are going uh, to read together as a church to kick off the year, um, but we're going to do it in our mission groups, okay? Which leads me to my last and most important element and resource when it comes to collective power for, ah, yes, our last one is prayer to commit to, prayer to commit to. I've been uh, doing the, one of the Bible plans on the Bible app, started last year, to read the Bible in the year. Anybody doing that? Anybody reading the Bible in the year? Yeah, a few of us. Raise your hand on how. I want to see what the spiritual people are. <laughs> well, I don't know how spiritual I am because I only made it about halfway through last year. So it should be the Bible app, Bible plan in two years for me. 
But anyways, I read there's a devotional in each one of the plan I'm doing. And in, in, in day 194 of this plan, um, there was a story that really uh, stood out to me. It said this. In his book, The Vision and the Vow, Pete Gregg tells of how a distinguished art critic was studying an exquisite painting by the Italian Renaissance master Filippino Lippi. He stood in London's National Gallery gazing at the 15th century depiction of Mary holding the infant Jesus on her lap, with Saints Dominic and Jerome kneeling nearby. But the painting troubled him. There could be no doubting Lippi's skill his use of color or composition, but the proportions of the picture seemed slightly wrong. The hills in the background seemed exaggerated, as if they might topple out of the frame at any minute onto the gallery's polished floor. The two kneeling saints looked awkward and uncomfortable. So art critic Robert Cumming was, he wasn't the first to to criticize Lippi's work for its poor perspective, but he may well be the last to do so, Because at that moment, he had a revelation. It suddenly occurred to him that the problem might be his. The painting had never been intended to come anywhere near a gallery. The painting had been commissioned to hang in a place of prayer. So the dignified critic dropped to his knees in this public gallery before the painting. He suddenly saw what generations of art critics had missed. From his new vantage point, Robert Cumming found himself gazing up at a perfectly proportioned piece of artwork. The foreground had moved naturally to the background while the saints seemed settled. Their awkwardness, like the painting itself, having turned to grace, Mary now looked intently and kindly directly at him as he knelt at her feet between the saints Dominic and Jerome. It was not the perspective of the painting that had been wrong all these years. It was a perspective of the people looking at it. Robert Cumming on bended knee found a beauty that Robert Cumming, the proud art critic, could not. The painting only came alive to those on their knees in prayer. What does this teach us? The right perspective is the posture of prayer. You know, I, I asked you this question earlier about how you're feeling about 2024 because I think it gives us a glimpse into how, what our perspective is like going into 2024. And the best way to have a godly perspective is by going to God in prayer so that we can connect with him and be able to see things as he sees things. And oftentimes the only way we can see things as he sees things is on our knees. Praying to God. Now, prayer may seem simple, elementary, basic, right? It's just prayer. But there's a reason why the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray. Luke chapter 11 and verse 1 says, Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples, Jesus said, This is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. Hallowed be your name. This is the NLT version. I know we got, you know, some folks, you know, we, hallowed be that name, that kingdom come, that will be done. On earth, is it? We know that one? This is the NLT version. 
May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. See, there was something about Jesus' prayer life for the disciples that they were inspired by. It was after he, had done, he was done praying, they're like, can you teach us to pray like that? There was something different about his prayers. And something that can seem so elementary, so basic, really isn't for us at times. There's some of us that may not even feel comfortable praying to God at all right now, even in private. Some of us that may not feel comfortable praying out loud or even out loud in public. With a small group, or if I were to ask you up here to pray before the church, it'd be, it'd be nerve-wracking, right? And so there's always room for us to grow. I don't know where we are in our prayer lives. Maybe it is that we're just getting started. Maybe we need to be revived, right? Or maybe we just need to grow in our prayer life. But we want to help us all kind of strengthen that part of our spiritual walk as we start out the year. That's why we want to study out this book together. 40 days of prayer, 40 days of prayer, seven steps to a spiritual breakthrough. And like I said, I want us to do it in our mission groups because I want us to experience life together in this journey of curiosity and wonder and awe together within our small groups. And so you can choose when you want to start it. Maybe some of us already started January 1. Some of us had already started last year. My wife, Sean, a group of sisters had already started. That's how we found out about this book. It was their recommendation. And personally, I've seen my wife's spiritual life and prayer life just, just evolve and explode and strengthen. And it's been inspiration to me. Um, and so I'm like, you know what? If I see the fruits in her life privately, what will that do for us as a church? And so we can start whenever you want to start in your mission group. Maybe you start on the first day of the three-day fast. Maybe you start at the kickoff service, whatever it may be, but we want to start the year off together um, in our mission groups. It's a really simple book, 40 days, a simple devotional, and it's like a workbook. So there's no audio book, something that you'll have to think about, write down some prayers, have some action with it, um, because it's not just theory. And I like books like that. Now, there's one problem. You can't do this with your mission group if you don't have a mission group. I recognize that. I recognize that. So, you know, last year I asked this question about how are we with our mission groups. And th these were the results. What's your level of involvement with your mission group? And what that tells me, if I take that data and just say, hey, you know, related to, to us as a church, about 50% of us are all in. We're family or just married. Hey, we're in this thing. We're in the family, right? And then the other half, we're just talking. What does that mean? I'm testing the waters out. I'm not going to be all in just yet. I ain't married yet. You know, I'm not all in. Or I'm still home alone. I'm not in it yet. Or I'm just new to this whole thing, and so I don't even know anything about it, right? And so that's, so we only have about 50% of our church that's engaged intently and intentional in our mission groups. And look what God has done with us and how we've been able to mobilize for eternal impact with 50% that's engaged. What could God do if we get another 25% engaged, 40% engaged? It'd be, I mean, another 50, get the whole church, woo, that would be, that would be something. 
That would be something. So that means that we have yet to really tap into the collective power available to us for eternal impact. But I want to make it easy for us. Amen? These are resources, right? Helping us together to do this together. Go to the next slide so that we can... I'm going to give you something that technology provides us. QR codes. You have your phone out already. Don't let me get in the way. Take out your phone. I should see about half the church taking out their phone right now. If you don't have this book, I should see everybody in the church taking out their phones right now or taking screenshots. So I will wait. And once you have done that, I want you to give me a little tap on the thumbs up. Okay? A little tap on the thumbs up. All right? Because, like I said, I want this to inspire us, but inspiration will fall on deaf ears if we don't do something about it. And why not do something about it while we're on the room together? Don't let me go. I'm, I, will go I will go a little, you know, I'll go into this a little bit because so often we Christians, we just sit in church. We like getting talked to. But ask us to do something. What? In church? I thought we'd just be talking about stuff. <laughs> 28 in, 29 in. All right. I, I think we can get to 100. I think we can get to 100. Once you have, you can't lie in church now. Maybe once you walk outside the door, you know what I'm saying? Can't lie in church. But go ahead. Uh, there's a link on Amazon to order a book and a link to find out about a mission group. Our mission group webpage, you'll be able to say, put in where you live, what geographical region of Atlanta you live in. Um, and, and be able to look at different descriptions of our mission groups. I believe we have about a dozen mission groups that you can be a part of. Um, but I want to encourage us all to take that next step and to really get invested in our mission groups. Uh, we got football games today. Y'all pray for my Dolphins. Y'all ain't had to do that. Y'all ain't had to do that. <laughs> You know, I, I've already been through a lot with the Florida State Seminoles, so I don't know, I don't know how it'll be. If y'all you want a healthy preacher, pray for the Dolphins. All right. Thank you all for engaging in that with me. To close out, I want to leave us with the first of those seven steps uh, to spiritual breakthrough. And I want to challenge us to do this one thing every day for the next seven days, all right? Drum roll, please. I will commit to getting on my knees first thing every morning. The author says this practice not only changed his life, but many of the participants that took part in this project say they had this, this by far had the biggest impact in their life. Simple act of submission sets the tone for your day and directs your energy and focus onto his power and not your own. Now, for those who are physically able, let's get on our knees and pray to God as the first thing before we check our phones, okay? If possible, before you go to the bathroom. I know that's hard. <laughs> Somebody feels seen this morning. You know? Depending on how old you are, you know you know, the Lord knows your heart. I, for myself, I have started to do a form of this. I've started to pray first thing before I get out of bed. I have yet to get on my knees, but t tomorrow I will 
start getting on my knees for the next seven days if y'all will do it with me. Can we do that together? If you know us, next Sunday, there will be a slide up here to ask you. How many of us? And then we'll probably put how many days out of the seven did you do? Seven, you know, maybe four to six. We'll give you options. All right. Last thing is this. Last thing is this. The author even gives us a prayer to recite every morning to get us started. So even if we don't know what to pray, I'm even going to make that easy for you as well. He gives us a prayer to start with. Now, we're going to pray this prayer together as we take communion. I want to read it together out loud. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say a line, and you're going to repeat after me. I'm going to say the next line, and you're going to repeat after me. Okay? After we say amen, I will put the prayer up on the screen so you can take a screenshot if you don't have the book and be able to at least start your prayer off with this prayer. Okay? You with me? All right. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's take a moment, take a deep breath. Just prepare to commune with God. And with one another as we pray this prayer together. And it goes like this. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. And the church said, Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. New sermons are uploaded each Monday morning. Simply search The Path Church Atlanta in iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting service. Additionally, we greatly appreciate your feedback on iTunes. If you would like to learn more about The Path, we encourage you to visit www.thepath.church. We hope to fellowship with you soon.